0: Before we start, I want to thank all of the Weird Libertarians patrons for being a part of the show. You can find out all of the benefits of subscribing on Patreon at joinwallplus.com. That's w-a-l-plus.com. You'll get bonus content, access to the complete archives. There's over a thousand shows that you can't get in the public feed, and you'll be supporting all of our great shows. Thank you especially to our $100 a month members, John Pusilo, Vincent Peichel, Lars Nordskog, Jake Edel, Matthew Durbin, Reinhold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. We also want to thank our main sponsor for this episode. Uh, it is Iconic Insurance. 15% of Americans are left to find health insurance on their own. And even if you get health insurance from your employer that doesn't work for you, Matt Allen and Iconic Insurance can help you find the right insurance. Just head over right now and contact him at iconic-insurance.com slash libertarians. We'll put the link in the description if you can't remember that. But Matt is a longtime listener of this program and a great guy and a good friend of mine. So please go support him and reach out right now. Thank you. And now let's get started with our show. We thought you might like to know a little bit more about the Boys and Girls Clubs. Specifically, we're talking to Maggie Lewis, who is the CEO of the Indianapolis branch, but they're all across the nation. And you've probably seen their iconic logo where it's two hands grasping together. And you've probably seen a yard sign in your local community asking you to become a member. And many of you listening may have even been a participant in their after-school programs. But what do they really do and how do they impact kids across the state of Indiana and across the nation? We will talk to Maggie Lewis, CEO of Boys and Girls Clubs of Indianapolis, right here on The Chris Spangle Show. Maggie Lewis, CEO of Boys and Girls Clubs of Indianapolis, thank you so much for joining me.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Absolutely. So let's start with the background of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Indianapolis. Tell Tell us when did it start and what do you do?
1: Yeah, so the Boys and Girls Clubs of Indianapolis has been around since 1893. Um, We serve the community by having 12 facilities. We have five schools—not five—we have five facilities and seven school sites, so 12 sites totally in our great city. We believe that every child deserves to live a life full of hope and opportunity, and so we do that by a variety of, of programs in our in our city. Again, 12 sites. Um, throughout the city.
0: So what's the core of your work?
1: Mm-hmm. The core of our work is after school programming. Um, so after sc- we think it's so important that our young folks have a safe place to go after school. When mom, caregiver, um, whoever's taking care of that, in, that child understands that there's a safe place for the kid to go and get support while they're working, going to school, doing whatever. Um, but after school hours, 2.30 to roughly 7 p.m. If you have a teenager, they stay in our space from 2.30 to roughly 9 p.m.
0: So BCGI serves nearly 7,000 youth annually. Is that just here in the Indianapolis area at those 12 at those twelve sites?
1: Yeah, so we have 31 Boys and Girls Clubs across the state of Indiana. However, here in our city, there are 12 sites. Um, again, five facilities and seven school sites. 7,000 um, young folks, a little bit over 7,000 pre-COVID. We are optimistic that this year those numbers will go back up. We no longer have capacity limits because of COVID. So eager to get our young folks back into our space.
0: What did you do during COVID? How did the program change? Tell us a little bit about, you know, how did you care uh, for the students?
1: Same, yeah. So I'm extremely proud of our, our team. Um, we shut down for roughly two weeks, if at all, if a total of 14 days um, to regroup and think about how do we offer program. We immediately opened our space to uh, first responders And then those essential workers, but we had to do that at a a reduced number. So we had the the doors open, but again, less kids in our space. And so we were able to continue our our traditional programming, but also we went virtual. So we offered virtual programs to our kiddos. We um, sent supplies to their house and asked them to, to log on. When we did that, we did realize that some of our families were struggling with Internet services. And so we had to find partners to help us ensure that they had not only the supplies to, to participate in the program, but also stable um, Internet. So we were able to bring partners together to ensure that, again, our kids were able to were able to participate virtually and um, some in, in our space. And so we were able to, to continue to touch our young folks, but just at a reduced number. And that was really hard for my team because, again, we're used to having lots of kids running around this space, lots of noise. But during that time, we, we had to, to reduce the numbers of, of youth in our in our clubs.
0: Can you share with us any insight into kids and how they handled the pandemic and what did you see and maybe what difference there is between then and now? I mean, how did it impact in these kids?
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know, on the on the education um, piece it was really hard for them to start and stop, you know, they get the message that now we can go back to school, then, you know, schools close back down, but then you like, we did a hybrid. So I think the start and stop really did have an impact on their overall education, which is why we ended up, we boys and girls clubs of Indianapolis ended up partnering with the mind trust and United way to offer sur- summer learning labs where our kids were in our space working with teachers and teachers' aides to get back up to where they're supposed to be when the school doors open back up. And so that start and stop, I think, was extremely hard on our young folks. And they also, I felt like it impacted them mentally. Like they wanted to be in this space with their friends. They wanted to see their mentors. And so I think that was really hard on our our young folks. So we spend a lot of time when they start coming back, having conversations about what they were feeling um, and, and what they missed about the clubs. And we did find out through lots of conversations with our young folks, when everything, was, when everything else was closed, they knew that they could come to the Boys and Girls Clubs. And that really did warm our hearts, understanding our, yeah, that, that warmed our hearts, knowing that they felt that strongly about coming to our, our space and that that was a safe place for them that they could count on during all the opening and closings. When you heard some of the,
0: some of what the kids would say, what were some of the specifics? Tell us, uh, I mean, maybe go into detail about how your work impacts kids and what they tell you are their favorite parts of your clubs.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, we often say that um, the Boys and Girls Club is a safe place. And it is. We work extremely hard to make safety a number one priority. But when we have kids in some neighborhoods saying that they know, like, Physically, it's a safe place where they can go and let their guards down and not have to worry about violence in their neighborhood. That is so important to know that they have that safe place. The mentorship, knowing that there's at least one person that they can count on, that they can have conversations with about what's happening at school, what's happening in life, what they're feeling about their home setting, that really touches us. And then when we have a young person, like a big win is when a young person say, because of the Boys and Girls Club, I know that my life has been saved because I don't know what I would have been out in those streets doing. So hearing those types of stories, those are successes to us. Like when we're busy doing the work, sometimes it's hard to think about what success looks like. But when they come back and share their personal stories, when they share those report cards where they used to struggle in school and now they're having A's and B's. Those are all great successes that we enjoy hearing about, but also we take the time to celebrate.
0: I'm very fortunate and privileged. And I think a lot of our listeners may hear safety is that number one concern and not really know what you mean. I mean, can mm-hmm. can you talk about what, what conditions do a lot of your students face that makes them say safety is number one? What are they facing out there that we're not seeing elsewhere in the city?
1: Yeah, so with some of the neighborhoods that we're located at, it is really their physical safety where crime um, may be high, where they live in a neighborhood where violence is extremely high, where the parents... Um, caregiver grandma may not want that child to go outside and play and just be a kid when they come to the boys and girls club and those blue doors closes behind them they know that they are safe and they're free to be kids and run and play and experiment and be creative so when I talk about safety not only am I talking about their physical safety but also their mental safety just to be a child and enjoy life. So I imagine in
0: my mind, like a big gym with a lot of uh, physical activity going on. What other, you know, I'm sure that's part of it, but what else goes on in your activities? What other aspects of life do you focus on with the kids?
1: So one, let's talk about the, the knowing that there's a meal for you, there's snacks for you. We do have some um, young folks that really depend on those meals from the Boys and Girls Clubs. And so we ensure that their, their bellies are full. And I think that is also important. I spoke about the, the mentorship. And so while we do have gym, we have pools, we have all the recreation rec- recreational equipment that young folks like. And that helps us attract our young folks into our space because we think play is so important. Um, we also believe that um, homework, education is extremely important. So the way that I grew up, when I came home, I had to put my book back down book back down, and then um, backpack down. I can't speak now. My backpack down and then go do my homework. Right. Same concept at the Boys and Girls Club. Put your backpack down get a snack, and let's spend some time doing your homework. Let's do some time, do some tutoring. So education is so important. Career development, we have teams in our space. Let's talk about what you're going to do when you get older. And so again, we'd say we want to equip our kids to be successful um, citizens, productive citizens. And so let's have a conversation about What career opportunities are available to you? We also talk about character and leadership. We think it's so important that our kids understand that character and your name should mean something. So let's talk about what behaviors are acceptable. If we see a young person doing something that is questionable, let's pull them aside and talk about what's the appropriate way to address a certain issue. So character, leadership development is key here. Also health, um, the types of food you eat. We know our clubs are located in food deserts. Oftentimes in our community, we talk about those food deserts, right? And so let's take our kids to a family dollar. Let's take them to a gas station. Let's go into those places that they're familiar with and pick out healthy snacks and healthy foods and come back and then go into the kitchen at the clubs and make a healthy meal. So again, we're trying to to help that child again be successful. We want to make sure that we give them all the tools that they need. Um, The arts, it's an opportunity for our young folks to not only to be kids, but to be creative. And it's kind of free your mind to dream and think. And so we're really big on the arts here as, as well. So lots of different... Programs, but collectively, we're, we're just trying to build those strong kills that are going to go on and be successful, productive citizens in our in our community, and kids that we are going to be proud to turn over leadership roles in the in the future. Were you in Were you in the club as a kid? I was, and so okay, yeah. a thousand <laughs> years ago, yeah, in <laughs> Columbus, Indiana. And I'll say a thousand years ago when I went to the Boys and Girls Club, my brother and I went. I went to one side and he went to the other. So they didn't allow the boys and girls to hang out together, but I did. And when I went, um it was it was important for my mom too to have a place for her kids to go, but it was because she needed to get out there and work to take care of the family. So she knew that this was a safe place, a good place for her kids to go and hang out um while she still worked.
0: How did it how did it personally impact you and did that play a role in taking the position you have now?
1: So, so it most definitely played a, a role in me accepting this position. I feel like my life has done a complete 360. But again, I knew the importance of having the Boys and Girls Clubs in my life. I have family members, cousins that were at the Boys and Girls Club. Like we went, we built relationship. We played hard. Um, we probably played games that are, are considered inappropriate at the time, but they made us stronger. And We got hit by dodgeballs and all that good stuff. <laughs> But it helped to build character, and um, yeah, I I I, I just lo- I just remember as a kid loving going to the Boys and Girls Club. And so when I was uh, faced with the opportunity, given the opportunity to come here and be a part of this organization, I was excited, humble, and we call it the blue Kool Aid. I have, I have drank the blue Kool Aid. I absolutely love the work and the mission of this organization. And I know that the organization truly does change lives.
0: Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Maggie Lewis, first female uh, council president of the Indianapolis City County Council. uh, You're the majority leader on the council still a great leader here in Indianapolis. If you want to know more about her backstory, the Leaders and Legends podcast did an interview with her. That was great. Um, And yeah, they're fortunate to have you and we're fortunate to have you here talking about the Boys and Girls Club of Indianapolis. Now we're heard across the state. Um, So you said there are are 31 across the state of Indiana. If, If there were a parent listening or a student that wanted to get involved, is it free? How can you, we're actually heard across the nation on podcasts. So, How how does somebody look for an organization close to them? Because I know this is nationwide, correct?
1: It is nationwide. So one, we have the website of Boys and Girls Clubs of America and all of our our clubs are listed that way. But I promise you, if you do a quick Google search, wherever you're located, Boys and Girls Clubs, um, it it will definitely pop up for us. Um, We're bgciindy.org. You can get on our website and there's tons of information about um, our our twelve sites, our membership is twenty five dollars. And so, if twenty five dollars is too much, let us know. We will take care of that. We think our our programs are so important that we are very comfortable waiving that twenty five dollar membership to ensure that your your kiddo has a place to come and be a kid and be safe and get that support that they need.
0: Now. Let's talk about mentorship. I see your, I live just a couple blocks north of your beautiful building. I see yard signs everywhere. I see the great Ariana Cruz on TikTok talking about mentorship for your club. Uh, and you really seem to put a lot of effort into trying to recruit mentors. What does a mentor do for your organization? And what does your organization do for the mentor?
1: So it is definitely win win when young folks have one person in their life that they know that they can count on that is going to ask some questions about what's going on in life, what's going on at school, you name it. There's a lot of data that support the importance of having one caring adult in your life. And so we know the impact that it has on our young folks. Secondly, I feel like it is win-win because as an adult to be able to pour into a child that's missing that adult supervision, that adult care, it again, it warms my heart. And I know that our mentors are the people that support the Boys and Girls Clubs of Indianapolis benefit from it because they come back and they tell us how much this young person has caused them to pause and rethink life and to have fun. And again, the importance of just building that relationship and seeing the world through the lenses of of a younger person.
0: Well, that's fantastic. If people want to volunteer and become a mentor, how can they do that?
1: Again, on our website, um, bgciindy.org, We're on social media at BGCINDY. Um, You can reach out on social media website. Um, we are always eager to have a conversation about um, the kids in, the, in our community.
0: All right. What is the one thing that you see every day in your work that you wish everybody could see?
1: the one thing oh my god when our kids when they walk into the club and their eyes just light up like that is the best feeling ever because again we they know like this is the place to be this is their space um just just their reaction to coming in every day the excitement and the noise i just wish people could 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 see that. And I tell everyone, once you come through our blue doors, like you'll be like me, you will drink the blue Kool-Aid and you're, you're hooked. So come into our space and and get a feel for who we are and the kids that we are we are serving. I promise you, change your life.
0: Is there any reason the doors are blue? Does it have any significance?
1: Door, we say we say the blue door. It's our our colors. Um, blue is happy. It's refreshing. So yeah, we're big about the 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 blue doors. And so again, we call it the movement and the blue Kool-Aid because everything is about that that happiness, that refresh, that living life. And so yeah, awesome. it's all about the blue.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time, Maggie Lewis, CEO of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Indianapolis. Thank you for joining us.
1: Uh, My pleasure. Thank you so much. Great to see you. Thank you for joining
0: us here on The Chris Spangle Show. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.